0: Yeah, that's awesome, right? Hey, good morning. You can have a seat. My name is Craig. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, you know, it, this is just never gets old. It's kind of cool. Like, he is risen. He is risen. Feels like I have like a lot of power here. It's very odd, right? Is it okay to be skeptical of some of this stuff? No. <laughs> I grew up in the Northeast, uh, and... Uh, there's a way, you know, people from the Northeast, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's an acquired taste, uh, but we're, like, skeptical by nature, right? So I, uh, I was part of a team, we, we built a new church, and in that city we're building a new church, we were handing out, uh, gift cards to a grocery store. So we're outside this grocery store handing out gift cards for said grocery store, and I'm with a whole team of people, and we're handing out, like, $10 gift cards for the grocery store, and we're like, hey, here you go, and, uh. People were like, leave me alone, no thanks! What do you want, get out of here! And I'm with a bunch of people who are not from the Northeast, and they're like, oh, this is awful, I hate this! I was like, these are my people. (laughs) That totally makes sense, right? We're just strangers handing someone something that they're right to be skeptical of that, right? So, So my question is, if we find ourselves this morning a little bit skeptical, is that okay, right? If we find ourselves like, hey, I know we all got dressed up. Last night we were scrambling. We ran to the mall. Went to a million different stores to find this shirt. <laughs> may or may not be a true story. <laughs> we got our Sunday best on. Afterwards, we're gonna go eat lamb or ham with jelly, whatever it is you do on Easter. You know there may be joy in the house of the Lord. There's not. There's a lot of stress in that house, right? Is this like, hey, we're all happy here, but is it okay to be a little bit skeptical of some of this? Right? Because, like, some of the questions we have, some of the problems that we've encountered don't just go away because we all have our Sunday best on and this is a really great morning. I don't want to take away from the morning. Please don't hear me say, like, I brought you in here to just be a big downer, right? Like, you happy? Here we go! Like, I'm not trying to do that. (laughs) But just hang on with me for a second, all right? The questions we have about God... Don't go away because we put on our Sunday best and came in here, all right? Questions like, where's God when I get the phone call from the doctor and it is dementia? I am going to lose my faculties. Where are you, God? Where's God when I showed up faithfully? I loved on my spouse, I loved on my partner, and I still watched them walk out the door. Where's God? Where's God when I cannot kick this addiction? I want to. It's not from lack of effort. I have tried. I have cried out. Help. I don't want this anymore. Where's God? If we are tempted to hopelessness, The message of Easter says we are actually in good company. If we find ourselves tempted to just wonder, like, where are you, God? What you say and my experience do not line up. You say you're good. I would really like to experience some of that goodness right now. All right? If that's us this morning, we are in good company. Easter is an invitation to not use God to hide from God. Easter is an invitation to let God meet you where you are. And the first step of that might just be to admit your hopelessness. This is hard. Or, as it, uh, there was a a placard on one U.S. president's desk. It's very profound. I went to college, and I understand this, all right? Hard things are hard. (laughs) Right? And to admit that, to admit that, instead of saying, no, 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 God's good. God's good. Hard things aren't hard. God's good. To allow yourself to say, yeah, hard things are hard. I have questions. And on my best days, I'm a donkey on the edge. All right? It's a Shrek reference, right? Like, you know, no, don't mess with me. I'm a donkey on the edge. All right? Thank you. Again, went to college. If we let ourselves feel hopelessness, we find ourselves in really good company. In just a second, we're going to read from one of the earliest accounts... Of Jesus's resurrection, and I want you to pay attention to what you hear. All right, here's a couple things you're not going to hear. We're going to read a, a, a guy. His name was Luke, and he went around and talked to eyewitnesses, and he compiled their stories together, and we, what we call the Gospel of Luke. Here's what you're not going to hear about Jesus's resurrection story. Okay, everyone got their party favors out. They went to the tomb and they waited, and they're like, ten, nine, eight, seven. Hey, all right, we're ready. You're not going to hear any of that. Luke devotes 12 verses to talking about the resurrection, and more than half of those verses talk about hopelessness, confusion, and despair. Now, if you're going to make something up that you want to get traction, this may not be a. We're not off to a great start here. All right, if you're trying to make up like, hey, uh, like if you trust Jesus, like we can like change the world. Look at how great it started out at. You're off to a bad start by saying, and the early followers found an empty tomb, and they were like, what? (laughs) Like, why? He died. Where is he? Right? The first Easter was not an oh-few moment. Like, oh, it looks bad right now, but whew, all right, whew, we dodged a bullet there. The first Easter was an incredibly hopeless moment. And then. So if you have a Bible... Turn with me to Luke chapter 24. If you don't have a Bible, there are these maroon Bibles under your seat. It's on page 1610. 1610. Double check that because I checked that early this morning. I'm confident, though, because I take vitamins. So I'm pretty sure it's 1610. But that's that's maroon Bibles. If you don't have it, that's where we are. Okay? And if you would, would you please stand with me as we read God's Word? We're going to be in Luke 24 reading verses 1 to 12. Luke 24, verses 1 to 12. And we have a tradition around here. I just like the whole call and response. It's really cool when there's one person, just this wave of sound comes at you, so you just got to forgive me for a second if you're like, I don't like doing this. But I'm going to read the passage, and then I'm going to say, this is the word of the Lord. And when I say that, if I remember, just you reply, thanks be to God. And I like it. There we go. It's good practice. Thanks be to God. We got it. All right, here we go. This is Luke 24. while this was going on, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their sheer terror, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He's risen. Remember? Remember? Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered. This is amazing. Remember, if you're making this up, this might be a great detail to leave out. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others who told this to the apostles. Ready? Here we go. But they did not believe the women. Because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up, ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. He went away wondering to himself what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Let's just ask for his help. Jesus. Jesus, if we find ourselves wrestling with the temptation to be hopeless, help us to be honest with that. God, when we look around at our, our families, our friends, our work, and we just feel like, man, day in and day out, this feels like a rat race. Does this matter? God, help us to be honest about that. Because, God, I pray that you would meet us in our honesty, that you would do for us what we could never do for ourselves. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. You can have a seat. You can have a seat. What if it's okay to admit our hopelessness because that might be the first step? Now, we just read this gospel account. This eyewitness biography. Someone who went around talking to people who were there and saw it. And we can say with a pretty high degree of certainty that this is not a great way to just make up a movement. Okay? Like, look at the stuff that we read. First, right out of the bat, right out of the gate, uh, some of the details that Luke lets us know about in Luke chapter 24. He says, The first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Now, I don't make the rules, okay? Please, I'm not saying this is good. By any stretch of the imagination, this is not good, okay? So I'm not, like, endorsing this at all. In this culture, the culture that uh, the New Testament was written, all right, 2,000 years ago, it's called the Greco-Roman world. Again, I don't make the rules. Women's testimonies were not admissible in court, all right? Not cool, right? So just think about it for a second, all right? You're trying to get a movement off the ground, and so you start by saying, hey, here's some people that you won't listen to. And here was their experience. What are we, what, why are we making this up? All right, that's one notch. The second notch, where the women are from. The text tells us that the women are from Kirksville or Fulton, Missouri, okay? <laughs> they're from a place called Galilee, the Styx, all right? They're, they're, these, this is redneck country, all right? These are hillbillies, all right? So you've got people whose testimony is not admissible in court, and they also don't have much cultural status, all right? They came to the cross with their NASCAR t-shirts, all right? (laughs) Not off to a great start. Furthermore, they go back to Jesus's closest friends, the 11. You may remember there were 12, but this guy Judas had other plans, and Now there's just 11, okay? So they go back to the 11, and they're like, hey, the tomb's empty. And the 11 are like, yeah, right. That's cray-cray, all right? We are not off to a great start. And the amazing thing about this, right? Remember, we don't want to use God to hide from God. God is not saying to you, clean yourself up, and then come and talk to me. Do you hear that? He is, this just is what it is. And God meets us where we are. Right? God is not saying, hey, once your church attendance record is above 50% of Sundays, then we can come talk. Then I'll answer some of those questions of where were you. God, where were you when my mom was diagnosed with cancer? Oh, yeah? Well, where were you last Sunday? That's not the voice of the Lord. All right. What do we see here? People in confusion, people in heartache, and what happens? It's amazing. Look with me at verse 4 again. While they were wondering, the NIV says wondering, that's not a great translation. The word literally means perplexed, confused, bewildered, troubled. While they're in this state of doubt, faithlessness, while they are confused, what happens? Suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. Now, why is it two men and not one man here? This is amazing. in the in the Torah, in the Old Testament law, which these people observe very religiously. A testimony wasn't true if there was only one witness; you needed two witnesses. And so, what, what's God saying? Hey, I'm going to say something about this situation, and you can take it to the bank. You can trust me right now. You can hear my word, and you can trust. I'm trustworthy. It's, it's God moving toward us. We're faithless. He's faithful. He's saying, hey, the world doesn't, I get it. The world doesn't make sense. It looks bad. And if you want to give up and go fishing, we get it. Right? If you read John's biography of what happened with Jesus, that's what happened to the 11. Right? The 11 who didn't believe, they were, many of them were fishermen, and they went back. They're like, I'm out. I can't, this is hard. I'm out. And, and if, if, we, if we just try to use God to hide from God, no, 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 it's easy. It's good. Yeah, the world may be a confusing place. I may have questions, but, you know, I, I just gonna, I'm going to put on my Sunday best, come to church, and not really wrestle. Right? That's not an invitation from God. God meets us where we are. He makes the first move. He moves toward us. You see that? While they were confused, while they were perplexed, suddenly two men in clothes that gleam like lightning. That's language from the Old Testament book of Daniel saying these guys are from the space God lives. They're from, they're, they're, this is, these are God's messengers, and there's two of them. God's not lying to you. And look at what they ask them. It's so great. They lead with curiosity, right? They're not coming scolding. They're not like, What's wrong with you? They asked this though. Why do you look for the living among the dead? They could have said anything But they're trying to say hey, here's the significance. Don't miss the significance of what's happening here. The gospel That empty tomb Easter is not an oh-few moment All right, it's an undo moment death is real. Dementia is a thing. People get divorced. Some people who don't deserve it get walked out on. People work really hard to kick an addiction and they can't. This world does not work all. It should. And when we say, yes, it doesn't work as it should, we open ourselves up for the possibility of what these angels say to these people. Why do you search for the living among the dead? Jesus is here to reverse the curse, He's here to make sad things untrue. Death is real. But do you know what's even more real? Resurrection. So, while we say, you can go fishing, we get it. We totally get it. Life is hard. And when that weight just keeps crushing you, yeah, go fishing. But well, are you willing to take a second look at that tomb? Are you willing to say, okay, my world is hard. I don't see how God is good. But are you willing to sit with God in that confusion, in that pain, in that, con- in that perplexity? Look, that's exactly what Peter was willing to do. Look with me again at verse 12. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Everybody else thought it was nonsense. Like, we're not giving this a second look, which is amazing, right? These are like Jesus' closest friends, and they're like, no, we're out. Talk about grace, right? Do you understand you don't have to perform for this God? He's not saying, like, just do more, do more, do more. Even his clothes, they failed, right? But Peter's like, man, I'm going to run to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by himself. He went away and says this, wondering to himself. Different word from the women being perplexed. We're starting to see hope bubble up. When we take a second look at that tomb, when we first look and say, things are hard, we live in a world where children die. We live in a world where people commit war crimes. We live in a world where, where countries turn their backs on other countries for economic reasons. And that's all bad. And when we let ourselves feel that, we say, man, where is God? God, where are you when these things happen? We don't always get answers, but there is an empty tomb. And when we allow ourselves a second look at that tomb, we let hope start to bubble up. And hope just might surprise you. This world is not as it should be. Death, which is our ultimate enemy, just got defeated, though. And so if, if God can use this great injustice that happened to Jesus... The only innocent who's ever lived, falsely accused, and he dies. But if God can use that to bring about the death of death, right? Death has been undone. It's not about few, like, whoo, he was dead. Oh, that's scary. Oh, he's not, not oh, he just got resuscitated. No, he was D-E-D dead. All right? And now he's undead. He is the living among the dead. He is alive. If God can undo death through this great injustice... Maybe he can undo some of the terrible things that I've seen. Maybe he can use some of this brokenness and create beauty. And the question that we have to ask ourselves is, what's keeping us from going back to the tomb and giving it a second look? What disappointments do we have? What pain do we have that's keeping us from saying, okay, I'll give this a second look. Maybe I won't go fishing. Maybe I will go to the tomb and say, okay, if you could take this injustice, the injustice of the cross, and create life out of that. If you could do that, maybe I can trust you. What's keeping you from asking that question? Some of us just like being stuck. Right? We just like complaining, like, oh, things aren't as they should be. Okay, we admit that. That's why there's an empty tomb. He's saying, I'm going to reverse the wrong that's happened. And what's keeping you from giving that a second look? In just a minute, we're going to baptize some people. And the baptism, their baptism, is a result of them giving the tomb a second look they're saying, yep, the world is not as it should be. And you know what? I contributed to some of that. Right? But the gospel message is that God has done for me what I could never do for myself. God met me in my hopelessness, and he provided faith. He provided new life. And I, all I have to do is receive I don't have to perform. I don't have to say, "Okay, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get this all straightened out." I'll be like, I'll be like those eleven apostles who they were really faithful and did it right. And no, He meets us where we are. We're gonna hear from three people in just a moment who God met them where they are. They're gonna share their testimonies, and it this this has the potential to just create new energy and life for us because their testimonies say this: God is not done working. If you are here this morning and you find yourself skeptical of joy, you are in great company, okay? And these baptisms we're about to see is a message, is a declaration, Jesus saying, I'm not done working. These people experienced rescue. What's keeping you from experiencing rescue? That's for me. That's for me why I'm skeptical of joy. I'm like, maybe everybody here gets something that I don't, right? And if that's you... You're going you're to watch people who are asking those same questions say, hey, I gave the empty tomb a second look. All right? And it's a celebration. And we're going to celebrate. All right? So the band's going to come back up, and they're going to start playing. We're going to sing. We're going to celebrate. And we're going to introduce to you people who have given the empty tomb a second look. And the question we can ask ourselves is, what's keeping me from doing the same thing? What's keeping me from looking at that empty tomb saying, okay, God, I'm sitting in my hopelessness and I'm going to obligate you to answer. I'm sitting here. Now you show up. You know what? God loves answering prayers like that. I dare you to ask him that. You're going to start a wrestling match, but it's worth asking. All right? What's keeping you from giving the tomb a second look? Father in heaven, you are the one who does for us what we could never do for ourselves. You're the one who meets us where we are. You say to us that you are the, the living. That's how you identify yourself, God. You said to your disciples that you came that we may have life and that we may have it abundantly. God, I pray that those of us listening, we would just go where the life is, Lord. If the life is in just giving up and going fishing, great. But if there really is life in that empty tomb, if there really is life to be had in knowing you, in receiving this gift of grace from you, God, I pray nothing would keep us from that. God, I pray you'd remove the obstacles, bring to mind the barriers, the things that are keeping us from fully embracing. God, help us to receive this life by faith. Faith you provide. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast is part of the ministry of Compass Church in Columbia, Missouri. For more information, please check out compasscfc.com.